May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The root meaning of the Hebrew word to be saved is to have room, to be spacious. Once, years ago on a train from New York City to Washington, I was asked by three people sitting up ahead of me in the train car if I had been saved. <clears throat> it was definitely a yes or no question. It was not a question that allowed for any room. Had I been saved? I said yes, because I believe that salvation is a gift from God and that faith in Jesus Christ is how I have come to know that gift. Then, though, came a barrage of questions about when and where I was saved and how did I know exactly. Since I didn't have a date stamp to authenticate my salvation, other than the date of my baptism, it was clear to my interlocutors that I was not saved. Fortunately, there was more room in the car, so I eventually changed seats. The root meaning of the Hebrew word to be saved is to have room, to be spacious. Seems to me we could use a little more room in our lives these days. And not just because we've been trapped inside for months and may well find ourselves back inside later this fall. No, the physical confinement is only part of why we feel trapped, constrained. You see, we keep asking ourselves and others either or questions. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are you a conservative or a progressive? Are you a Christian or not? Do you support police or do you support protesters? The list goes on. Once we have the answers or think we know the answer, even if we haven't bothered to ask any questions, we decide who we'll deal with and who to write off, thereby constricting our world day by day. Now, I do believe that as Christians, there are some questions we have to answer and that our answers determine both our attitudes and our actions. You can find those questions as well as the answers on pages 304 and 305 of the Book of Common Prayer. However, we had to remove all the books due to COVID-19, so you can't look it up just now. But here they are. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in God the Son? Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? The prayer book answers to those three are not just yes, they're a little longer, and some of us struggle with how we understand those names. But yes, as Christians, we believe in the three persons of the Trinity.
And as an aside, if you want to know more about that or you're having your own struggles, we have a class this winter to help, but that's down the road a bit. But then there are five more questions, each one having an identical answer. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Goodness knows COVID has made showing up and being part of this or any other community tough. But you in the church, and those of you online with us have indeed continued to do as best you can, even when receiving communion has sometimes been more of a spiritual practice than a material one. Keep at it and keep praying. Next, will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you sin, repent and return to the Lord. Next, will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Next to last, will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And lastly, will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? The answer to each of those five questions is, I will, with God's help. Because while these questions, these promises we make and renew at baptism, call us to actively stand against evil and for justice, it is also true that none of us can or will fulfill any of them apart from God's help. As Jesus continues his ministry in Jerusalem, the religious leaders want to box him in, want to give him less room in which to maneuver. That's what their question about his authority is about. But like every good rabbi, Jesus answers with a question of his own. So tell me, he says, was John the Baptist doing God's work or his own? It's a trick question. So they go with, we don't know. So Jesus says, great, you can't answer my question. I won't be answering yours, but I will tell you a story. There were two sons. His father asks both of them to go work in the family vineyard. One says, nope, not going. The other says, sure, no problem. The one who says no changes his mind and goes to work. And the one who said, I'm on it, takes the day off. Jesus asks, okay, who did what the father asked? They know the right answer to this question as well as we do. The one who said, I will not. What we say and what we do don't always match. If we want to know who someone is, if we want to know what someone believes, we need to look 
at what that person does. That's a fair point, an important one. But it's worth knowing that as Jesus tells this story, he's surrounded by a really motley crew of followers. And remembering that, we can also see, thanks be to God, that God plays a long game. God plays a long game, giving people room enough and time enough to change, time for us to change our minds, time to change our behavior, time to see ourselves and others in new ways. Jesus says, you don't know who's righteous, not by appearances, nor by past behavior, not by what they say, but only by how they respond when grace and open-armed love come their way. Make a little room. Jesus made enough room for those who hurt him that the very worst persecutor of the Christians, the man we have come to know as St. Paul, who wrote that gorgeous letter to the Philippians, Jesus made enough room that the very worst persecutor of the Christians could actually become an apostle. And when Paul became an apostle, he found room in his soul to stand proudly alongside tax collectors and fishermen and former prostitutes, that motley crew, as a fellow herald of the gospel. In Jesus' system, no one is immune from judgment. And we must confess, as one preacher has put it, that often enough as Christians, we too mean to follow Christ. We too say, I will, sir, but then decide that, quote, today is too soon, and the discipline of trying to live our faith is too hard. Similarly, we too may discover that though we have resisted Christ, and said, no, sir, I will not. Jesus' insistent love may yet lead us to change, to repent, to turn around and become someone we never imagined in league with people we once dismissed. I don't need to tell you that we are living in fraught times. In the weeks ahead, when the desire to label, judge, and dismiss whole groups of people becomes a siren song for us all, let's remember the promises and vows we made. Let's do all we can, everything we can, to fulfill our baptismal promises because respecting the dignity of every human being is non-negotiable. Even better, it's actually possible with God's help. If God has made room for us, 
maybe we can find the faith to make room for each other. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit,